Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. I mean, you know how it is, rocking and rolling and whatnot. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hope you're having a great day. We certainly are. We're talking about the coaching hires around the league. If you're just joining us, the Seahawks hire D.C. for the Ravens. They're D.C. Mike McDonald as their head coach, Mike. Some people around the league are saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. This wasn't your first choice. I don't think it was. But does it matter, Mike, at this point when you are one of the last two teams to hire your head coach? Hey, he's a young dude. He's, he's exactly half the age of Pete Carroll, and it's a dynamic defense. He was really good at Michigan. He's really good with the Ravens. And uh, I think I think it's a bold move. It's a guy that I thought we were going to kick the tires on. You know, I thought ben, I, I really thought the last guys in the in the championship games were going to be the guys we'd be getting down to with Ben Mc, with uh, Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald. But uh, he winds up in Seattle, which now leaves the Commanders as the only guy in the musical chairs, Carl, without a seat. All right, guys, moral miss coming up. We're going to talk to Evan Washburn about the the coaching hires and also the game, the big game, uh, as we start to count down and. You know, we get a little extra time because uh, we get this week and obviously, you know, the Senior Bowl and there'll be other things, but but no NFL. And then next week, that'll be the buildup to the Super Bowl. But Evan was at the AFC Championship game. We'll talk about the Chiefs and much more here in less than 15 minutes. Want to hear from you at 404-726-0929. We were talking about Trey Young and the, and the Hawks last night beating the Lakers. And, and is this something that I can lean into? We'll get back into that. And Trey, do we continue to build around him? He's been great, mm. but I think the organization right now, Mike, at a crossroads with how they're going to do this. No, last night to be so excited about beating LeBron and the Lakers and the, everybody, almost a double-double for almost the starting five. Everybody was rolling, and then uh, stories breaking like this morning about, well, they're going to fire sell everything. What's that about? Yeah, and I hope those are inaccurate, but, I mean, as you and I said, the only way they could make any kind of run is you've got to spend some money, and the wrestler just will not dip in deep into that luxury tax. That sure seems to be the impression most Hawks fans Fire, have. sale it, fire, <laughs> sale it. <laughs> let's, not, let's not do that yet. <laughs> hey, man, uh, hit us up. We want to hear from you guys. We'll talk some NFL coming up, but right now, let's talk dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with the dogs. You know what's not wrong with the dogs? 
They're not under NCAA investigation. Dum, da, dum, dum, that's dum. what not. That's what's not wrong with the dogs. Meanwhile, uh, Tennessee right up the road here. Hi, Vols fans. By the way, the uh, I guess you got a prosecutor or some some politicians going to sue the NCAA in Tennessee and in uh, in Western Virginia. Touch me and, and I'll, I'll sue. sue. Sue me for what? Uh, <laughs> so the scope of this, guys, includes the potential for the enforcement staff to charge multiple level one and two level two violations. The case revolves around activity related to the Tennessee NIL collective. Yeah. Nico Imaleba is the star young quarterback. And apparently they really went after him hard. Well, I bet they did. I bet they did. <laughs> um, so this is, listen, I mean, put, I will say this, putting an ATM in a kid's house. I think it's a bit much. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I wait think a that's minute. kind of over the line. When they gave him the code, they should have known something was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Dodd confirming they're being looked at as a repeat violator. And this has nothing to do with all the crap that Jeremy Pruitt and his wife were doing a couple of years ago. This is the new NIL. Now, Florida State. It sounded like very similar. They were going after Amari Mims, and then Florida State basically copped a, a plea, made a deal with the NC2A. They can't have any involvement with their uh, collective. But this Tennessee collective seems like they were really going like beyond Wild Wild West, and it's going to come back to bite them. All right. Uh, I'm just curious, and, and listen, we're, we're having some fun with this tongue-in-cheek. I, I don't know where the guardrails are to tell me that they broke these rules. Right. I don't even know what the rules are. You don't even know what the rules yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, we've always been told it was uh, you, you're you going to set up endorsements, you can front money, and then eventually the endorsement. And the endorsement can be as simple as somebody on social media saying, I love Bob's car dealership That's or right. whatever. That's right. But they're going after him for uh, players, family, prospects totaling $60,000. And you're like, well, wait a minute. The line I used to you about Florida State, it's like giving away speeding tickets at the Indy 500. We were told this was a free-for-all. Uh, I, I, we know, I guess, there's some gray area where coaches apparently can't be involved in some aspect. Nobody, that's the thing. Nobody understands it. And I'm, I don't think the NCAA should overstep their bounds, Carl, because I think you're pushing Power Five to just create their own super conference at some point. Now, these lawsuits, some would say it's just political grandstanding from the local pals that are getting in, trying to support their team. But be curious to see if that gets any traction. All right. Uh, that's one end of the spectrum. Antitrust, basically saying that it violates antitrust. Absolutely. That's one end of the spectrum. The other end is you guys, speaking of Georgia, and everything is perfect with Georgia right now, uh, the dogs had the number one recruiting class, right? This recruiting cycle. You guys know that. Alabama was two, and they've lost some recruits, obviously, due to the, you know, the Nick Saban retirement. Mike, um, the situation down in Florida, Billy Napier, you go back to December, and he had one of the top five classes. But between um, you know, the time that, that everybody thought, and that actually goes back before then. It goes back to like October before signing day. But over the course of, of between the time of the start of the season and December, which was the signing period, Florida lost eight blue chip recruits, Mike, more than anybody else. And people are wondering what, what, what happened and what went wrong with, with Billy Napier's recruiting class. Now, ultimately, they ended up, I think, 15th uh, ranked in, the, in this recruiting cycle. Um, but at one point, this was a top five class. Hmm. You know, speaking of Tennessee and whether you think they were doing more than they should have with the NIL, and I'll, I'll you know, reserve judgment, they ended up 13th in mm-hmm. this recruiting cycle. But my point is, guys, you're not catching the dogs if you're not able to secure these guys. Right. And Florida had a really good class, and a lot of these kids left and went to other schools in the SEC. Now, you're going to say, well, it's the nature of the business right now. It's kind of what it is. Guys are leaving. No, we're not talking about guys that signed and then got in the portal. We're talking about guys that committed and then for whatever reason, Mike, Eight blue chips said, ah, I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not even going to sign with Florida. So Billy Napier, um, people are wondering what the deal is. Now, you look around the country and you say, well, there are other schools who lost kids. There were. 
but none lost more blue chips than Florida, including Michigan State, who had three that they lost, Mike. Mm. Nobody lost more. So it's one of those things where you say, well, what is going on with Georgia? Everything. They're doing everything right. They're handling the NIL and the collective perfectly. Mike, they're recruiting at a, mm-hmm. at a high level. They continue to be the cream of the crop. You can talk about DeBoer coming in and, and Alabama right. and what that's going to be, but right now it's Kirby's world. And then you say, well, who's going to catch him? Well, if you're thinking Tennessee is or, or maybe even Florida, not like this. This is not – it's not going to happen. And that's not to say that they won't be competitive, but you're not winning the SEC, which is now – remember, it's a free-for-all, guys. There's no SEC East or West. You play everybody, and the two top teams will play in the SEC championship game. I'm just simply saying this is a testament to what Kirby has set up and what he's done at Georgia, as you see other programs, Tennessee with their situation, and Florida losing top recruits. Well, that thing with Bill Nap- you know, Billy Napier is you know, losing a star uh, quarterback recruit to Ole Miss. You know, that, that kind of put him behind the eight ball. Florida State, and uh, you know, let's be honest, they're doing a really good job in the, in the portal. They're going to lose some scholarships, but they're still in a, in a high, got the higher ground. And to be honest, with all due respect to the ACC, it is what it is. The SEC, you just laid it out. It's just super competitive. It's just so much more competitive. Not to mention, you've already got guys that are lukewarm on Billy Napier and his own fan base. So I, I worry about, you know, the, the hot seat's already hot in Gainesville for this dude. And then you get into, you know, where expectations are a little bit lower. There's no hot seat for Shane Beamer. I mean, Shane Beamer lost a no. bunch of players. Like most of his fans understand the talent they lost. Now, can't have another season like that. you got to start turning things around. But in Florida, you're expected to get in there and make it cook. No doubt. Uh, 404-726-0929. Just to give you an example, let's not even talk about the five stars. Let's just talk about the four stars, okay? And, again, you got to get guys in on campus, and you got to get them acclimated, and they got to play for you, and hopefully they're successful. Georgia had 19 of those kids sign with them. When you go and you say, well, what about Tennessee? They had 11. Well, what about Florida? Well, Florida had uh, 11. That, that's four stars. That's not even including the five-star guys, Mike, that everybody's vying for mm-hmm. that are, are considered to be the difference makers. And usually those are the guys that have the best chance to go on to the NFL. Ultimately, I'm just telling you that Georgia is sitting pretty and they're in a perfect position again. And you've got other schools in the SEC who are dealing with a lot of stuff. Alabama fans, I know you guys don't want to talk about it. This Saban thing is real. Okay, the Tennessee thing, however that shakes out, we'll see if the NCAA comes down or not. Whatever. It's real. Losing eight blue chip recruits, Mike, is a big deal. That's something to look at. I mean, getting Ryan Williams back in the mix. And I know that, uh, you know, DeBoer is trying to cover everybody and having Saban in the – I mean, Saban may have to make some phone calls, you know, to keep some of these guys in the loop. Yeah, But but we're talking – guys – we're talking about the top of the pyramid, you know, the top, you know, 0.01% of college football, where the difference is that five-star guy. That's why I think right now the only team that I would I would put over Georgia, and Georgia's schedule is a beast, Carl. And I know that we think you've got a lot more leeway with a 12-team playoff. But if Ryan Day screws up Ohio State, shame on him, because Ohio State is loaded. Mm. He's already got pieces in place. He's not going to have to deal with Harbaugh. Michigan may get the, uh, the kitchen sink thrown at him by the NC2A. But I'm with you. Kirby's got everything in place. Curious to see how Sarkeesian and Texas do. That's the thing. Oklahoma and Texas have never played a schedule like this, even though Georgia's is a much more difficult on, on, the, on the strength of schedule basis. But still, Georgia's in the catbird seat. You are correct. Mm. Looking at this average NIL from our buddy site on three, uh, Rusty Menzel, and they, they do like an average NIL. And it's just these numbers are insane. It's, it's crazy to look at this and go, you know, the average NIL, like at Ohio State, is 166K. The average. Right. That means that there are a lot of kids who are making way more than that. There are a few making under. But that's the average if you go. 
Um, and, you know, Mike, it's, it's just you start looking at these numbers. Texas, 225 k right. That is the average so, NIL. How many guys on scholarship? 80? 85? <laughs> Come right. on. I mean, so that you, you look at the numbers, look at the numbers, and you say that's where you got to have it. See, that's why when you think what FSU just dealt with with the NC2A, what, can, what t- Tennessee apparently is dealing with, we're of the impression there are no rules. And now the NCAA says, oh, no, there's rules. But, and by the way, a couple of Tennessee fans just hit us up on the text line. Don't be mad at us. I'm just saying. Well, no, this, this Tennessee fan goes, hey, man, you got to catch up. Tennessee's about to break the NCAA. <laughs> Well, going to sue? Well, let me tell you something, They're mister. Sue? If they do, I'll go up to Calhoun's and I'll buy the freaking shots, man. I'll take, <laughs> I'll drop a boat in the water. We'll hang out with the Vol Navy and I'll kiss your ass in the county square. Let's go. Because I'm all for it. I'd love to see the NCAA dry up and blow away. Let them watch. Let the NCAA run the sports and only friends and family show up too. And let's have our own special league. Uh, but for guys who missed it earlier, Attorneys General of Tennessee and Virginia filing an antitrust lawsuit that basically challenges the ban of NIL compensation because they're saying it violates uh, antitrust laws. Okay. It's interesting. We're just giving you the facts. And I, and look, I'm all pulling for it. My, my team I give money to just got screwed by the NCAA. I'm with you. But I just, it sounds to me like political grandstand. No, it does. It does. That's why I said I'm going to reserve this. I don't know right. what comes of this, but when you see the headline, Tennessee under investigation. Okay. What's that mean in 2024? Evan Washburn, CBS Sports, sideline reporter for the AFC Championship game. We'll get his thoughts on all things NFL next on Sports Radio 929 The Game and Odyssey.com. Okay. Picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Before we talk to our guy Evan Washburn from CBS, apparently we've got some Tennessee fans that are upset with our conversation, Mike. Yeah, we were talking about Tennessee and the NCAA really coming after them. We thought name, image, likeness had no rules. Florida State found out the hard way a few weeks ago. Now it's Tennessee's turn. The uh, Attorney Generals for Virginia and Tennessee bringing a suit against the NCAA. I'll sue! T hits us up. I just listened to your blanky tongue-in-cheek takes laughing like schoolgirls. <laughs> the NCAA's about to get taken to the cleaners. So again, catch up. Okay. <laughs> so I hit him back and I said, man, I think maybe when you're up there on that uh, rocky top looking for that moonshine still, look for your brain as well. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> man. Why are you so upset? Nothing's going to happen. Look, again, we'd want to see the NCAA go away. They they serve no purpose anymore, especially in the world of college football. They need to have a super conference, and I hope Tennessee wins. But to me, it just sounds like a couple of attorneys general just playing some political football. All right, coming up, uh, we also need to talk about news in regards to us getting another potential pro sports team. We'll tell you about it in 15 minutes. Evan Washburn, CBS Sports. 
sideline reporter for the AFC Championship game. We love his work. And, Evan, thanks for jumping on with us. I do want to start with the Chiefs because what we're seeing is remarkable. Uh, I don't know if we're taking it for granted as football fans because we're seeing the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and this has become like his era now, right? I mean, you've got to go through him to get to the Super Bowl. Um, Tell us what it was like on the sideline because everybody talked about going into Baltimore and, oh, they've got to go face that number one defense. And, oh, they've got the all-pro, you know, first-team all-pro quarterback in Lamar. What was it like? From the Kansas City perspective and specific to Mahomes, I would say his poise and his command in the moment is really what strikes you now. I mean, he didn't, as an offense, they didn't put up their normal requisite number of points, and there were a few plays here and there. Obviously, he and Kelsey had an unbelievable start to that game, going 11 for 11 in terms of targets and catches. But I was just struck by, in the biggest of moments in that game, especially early, Mahomes came into it like it was week seven and he was playing pitch and catch. And I I think that's where he is in his career. The physical gifts are there. We've seen that from his first start, whatever, six, seven years ago. Now he's matching it with his cerebral nature and his ability to come to the line, recognize what an incredibly complex defense is thrown at him and make the right play. I know that uh, this this playoff, we just, I don't know, we just thought the the Ravens and the Chiefs was going to be so much more exciting and, you know, we've been talking a lot about Lamar, but I think, you know, Todd Munkin, the idea you're the number one running team, Wash, and they don't run the football against the Chiefs. They basically took the running game out themselves and didn't make the Chiefs do it. Look, it's puzzling, and it's been a couple of days now with a lot of different opinions. And what I would say, having not talked to Todd Munkin or gotten the why as to the calls that they made, it would tune to me a couple of things. One, let's go back to Mahomes. His his ability to get in the head of an opposing team, quarterback, play caller is real. There's a sense that you have to change the math. You have to do things outside of your normal, let's call it protocol, whether it's going forward on fourth down, whether it's we need seven, not three here, all those things. And I, I think we saw some of that. That could lead to some of the decisions to be more of a drop-back team in that game. Then from a schematic side, I think Steve Spagnuolo deserves a lot of credit because as a play caller in an offense, you're looking at what the defense is presenting you, and that's dictating your decisions. Also, the quarterback at the line. And from what I understand, some of the things Steve Spagnuolo was doing was disguising and or making it look as if they were going to do things to stack up to stop the run. So in turn, Munkin and Lamar and Baltimore were finding themselves in a more of a drop back game. So look, there's so much nuance to this. There's so many layers to it that at least I'll speak for myself. I'll never begin to understand, but I do think those are some of the components as to why Baltimore found themselves in a position where at the end of the game, they didn't do what they do best and that's run the ball. Evan, how much do you, how much credit do you give Andy Reed? Because there are a lot of people around the country and you know this that say, well, he's got Patrick Mahomes. It's as if, as if Andy wasn't a great coach before he got Patrick Mahomes. How much credit does he deserve in this makeup, this relationship, and their success? An immense amount of credit. It's a player's league. Teams win because of players. But players need to be put in a position to succeed. And that's why it, it truly is a marriage in so many ways. And you go back to when they drafted Mahomes. And they made the decision with Alex Smith to have Mahomes in that building and learn from Alex, but more so, I mean, 
Mike Kafka was Mahomes' personal quarterback coach all season long. There was so much that happened behind the scenes to harness all the great that Mahomes is athletically, but basically give him a graduate-level course, a one-year course, if you will, in learning how to play the quarterback position at the NFL level. And then it's just grown from there. So I think Andy Reid, specific to Mahomes, deserves a ton of credit. But then you take a holistic view of what he's done in Kansas City. He brings in Brett Veach, who was his former personal assistant in Philly. I went to Delaware with him. I mean, Brett Veach was not necessarily a guy coming up in the ranks of personnel. And Andy Reid saw something in him. And much like guys like John Harbaugh, some of the best coaches, Mike Tomlin, it's not always about what they do in terms of scheme and the, if they're calling plays, which Andy does, it's how do you build out your staff? How do you set that culture, which I know is a cliche but is real? So I think, I think Andy Reid deserves a ton of credit for what he's done. It is Evan Washburn, guys, who's on the sideline up there in the Charm City for the AFC Championship from CBS Sports here on the WadeFord.com hotline. A lot of talk here because for a minute, Baltimore always had the high ground and the money, but for a minute there was talk maybe the Falcons would be in the mix for uh, Lamar Jackson. So he's very popular here in our city. We want an electrifying quarterback. What has he got to do to get to the next level? Playing tight, obviously, it's, some of the things were beyond his control, but some things were in his control. Overthrows, fumbles, just not playing with poise. So what, what, when does Lamar Jackson get to that level? Right now he's in the same place as Peyton Manning through six playoff games. Yeah, it's a great point. I, I think it's simple. He has to win a Super Bowl. He's at that level. He's right there with Josh Allen. He's there in the conversation or however you view your tiers or your rankings with Mahomes in terms of his ability to play the position. Mahomes is at another level based off of production and his performance in the biggest of games. And I think Lamar made huge strides this year. I mean, he changed his world financially this offseason, and all he did was get better at playing the position. He became a much better leader. He was so vocal this year. And he put so much into – bringing a Super Bowl to Baltimore and putting all those demons away of, of previous failures. And he did that to some degree. He got through the divisional round, played well in that Texans game. Now, he didn't perform at his best by any means in the AFC Championship game, and he's going to have to wear that. And Lamar, I would say, deals with more doubt and question than any of the, if you want to call it, top five, top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. And that can become a burden at times, and I think – Unfortunately, but he knows it, and he's okay with it. The only way he's going to ha- be able to remove that burden is by winning it. I almost think of that image of uh, uh, Steve Young when they're kind of taking the boulder off of his back, <laughs> right. and, and I think that that's Lamar in a lot of ways. Evan, before we let you go, Evan Washburn, CBS Sports, guys, were you as surprised as everybody else about Ben Johnson not taking the job or at least not even interviewing uh, this go around with Washington and saying, no, nah, I'm good, I'm going to stay in Detroit? It's been a really puzzling hiring cycle altogether. I mean, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around before I even address Ben Johnson, the fact that Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, who in my opinion is the best coach in terms of age and what they can do uh, available right now, the fact that Belichick and Vrabel and obviously Pete Carroll um, are most likely going to be out of coaching next year is, is wild. And then the Ben Johnson thing seemed aligned. Yeah, I mean, everybody who – I trust, and I'm sure you guys trust, seem to be tracking it that way. And um, I, I think they're – I respect if it's truly that he just 
doesn't feel like he's ready and he feels like he has unfinished business because I don't know where you guys come down on this. I think that the process in which we, I say we, owners and, and organizations hire is, is really maddening. Like, it just seems that it's all about groupthink and following a trend. This year's trend is clearly youth and the ability to have positive energy and control <laughs> from upper-level management. Yes. They want younger people in positions that are not going to necessarily buck their system and come in with a bunch of positive energy. All those things are great, and I hope that they all work out. But uh, it, it often seems odd to me that inevitably it's always kind of heads in the same direction uh, once everybody starts kind of looking at these openings. So I don't know Ben Johnson at all. I've never actually spoken to him. Don't do many Lions games. He's done an unbelievable job. If it's truly he wants to finish the job there in, in Detroit maybe next year or at least get to a Super Bowl and work with Dan Campbell and he loves it, I respect the hell out of it because there's nothing to say if you love being a play caller and a coordinator that you have to be a head coach. Um, I think that's the other thing, too. These guys almost feel obligated because it is. It's 1 of 32, but you might at this moment, I don't know, I think he's in his late 30s. Yep. Somebody in, my late, uh, in their late 30s right now, myself. I can't imagine running an organization, and if I get to be a part of a great one and call plays and do what I'm really good at, I might do that for a few more years and make a ton of money. I mean, they're still getting paid really well. Right. Evan, before I cut you loose because you cover uh, the uh, more of the AFC than NFC, you think Russell Wilson could be a star here in Atlanta? We'd have to let him get uh, get out of Denver and obviously make a contract that made sense, but you still you think he'd be a viable option for us? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I, I, was, I was happy for Russ that this year seemed to at least head in a, in a better direction. And he's, uh, he suffers from being so successful and playing the game a certain way early in his career. And he just hasn't looked like that. And that's not to say he can't get back there. I think by his own admission and then, you know, having to transition here with Sean Payton, it's just been uh, outside of his wallet, not, not what he or anyone wanted in Denver. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said, yeah, that's a great idea and I'd feel good about it. Okay, uh, thanks so much, Evan, as always, man. Great info. Uh, can't wait to the Super Bowl. And you do uh, great work, by the way. Continued success. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. You too. All right, guys, coming up, we got some guy talk. And we've got a very interesting story, as I like to say, developing story. Yeah, man. Uh, the good news is they're going to build an arena in North Atlanta. The bad news is you got to get somebody who's got a billion dollars to bring a hockey team to play in the said arena. We'll get into that. A lot of people are fired up. Fired up, Carl. Also, it's been a while. I've got a great Florida woman story coming up in Guy Talk. Now, now. your game traffic. 92.9 The Game's Traffic Center brought to you by Bader Scott Accident Attorneys. It's time for Guy Talk. (laughs) It's time for shenanigans. Brought to you by Hooters. If the game is on, it's on at Hooters. Any conference, all season long. Yeah, buddy, go grab yourself an ice cold Dukes of Bell Hayman Ale at your local package store, whether it's uh, in the supermarket, liquor store, or if they ain't got it, tell them to go get it. And they will with Georgia Crown, because that's what you do. South side, north side, they got it. All right, man, speaking of the north side, today our good buddy Zach Klein, uh, who's been all over this story up there in the uh, gathering yes, in South Forsyth yes. uh, from Channel 2. He tweets out earlier that he was at the uh, county commissioners meeting up there in Forsyth. County says it will contribute $390 million to this arena project if an NHL team comes to town. It's a big if. It is. It's a lot of gray area. Um, understand, as we talk about this, 
Mike and I are completely for us getting the fourth major sport, okay? We'd love to have it. The location of where this potentially may happen is obviously the, the big you know, deterrent right now. But let's talk about this. The if is whomever this might be, all right, whatever group, whatever person. Mike, we're talking about $800 million to a billion dollars to bring in an expansion NHL team here. Right. So that if has to do with, yeah, we'd love to do this arena, but we don't have the group or that individual who's willing to come forth right now with 800 or a billion dollars. So that is a big deterrent as far as would this really happen? But this is one side right. of the story, which is can we get an arena? Yeah, I mean, you know, the arena, it's, it's, again, that's incumbent, as Carl just laid out. You've got to find an arena. We were talking to our boss, Mike Conti. Mike and I did a podcast about Atlanta hockey. You can find it where you get your podcast. But it's just, you've got to understand there are other, it's, we're, not, we're not just doing this and there's only, we're the only market in North America that wants to get in on this. Quebec City wants it. Salt Lake City apparently is in. The NHL really had made some uh, noise about, bring, they want to bring hockey to Houston. Yep. But uh, Salt yep. Lake City apparently has got a, is, is apparently as a bee in the bonnet of NHL, uh, you know, the uh, commissioners at the commissioner, I should say, in the NHL office, $650 million was the expansion fee three years ago for the Kraken. And so it's going to be, do the inflation, guys, just do the math. It's going to be $800 million to a billion for the next team. So as Carl said, I don't want you guys, because we all want hockey. I had Thrasher season tickets. I love it. Now, I can't, now, full, full disclosure, I'm not enamored because where I live, I left the city to go south, you know, to go up to, uh, you know, 400 to watch hockey is not going to be great or easy for a lot of folks on the south side of town, which means I'm going to miss – you can't make weeknight games. You guys, we're talking about traffic on 400, you know, unless you're going to make it a double-decker road. It is what it is. So I know if you live in Alpharetta and Roswell – I do. You, you, and you've got great stuff. You've got the uh, – you've got Avalon. You've got the town yeah. centers. You, got, you don't need you, – you hate coming downtown. You, you know, you, if you've got Falcon tickets, probably the one time you do come downtown – I get it. Or Hawks. And, or yeah. Hawks. But I'll say this, Mike. The, the other side of this, though, is, and I said this to you, Exit 7, all right? I'll just use that as an example. And I said this to Mike, for those of you who don't live up that way, if you're talking about going past Exit 11 or 12, which this would be, hmm. um, that's still 30 or 40 minutes away from 7, all right, on any given night. So, you know, the idea that it's ideal, I don't even know if it's ideal there. Is it closer? Yeah, I'd love it because it's closer. But I think back to when the Braves said they were going to build a new ballpark and where they were going to put it and how we all lost our minds. Oh, my God. It won't work. It's going to be crazy. The traffic will be crazy. Can I be honest with you guys? It's been perfect. Right. And it's within uh, uh, a driving range, I think, for most people, no matter where you live in the city, it's kind of equal because of the location of where it is. Right? And all I'm saying is, Mike, as we get into this, I'm not necessarily going to tell you that the best place for it is, is, you know, Forsyth County because they're willing to do this. I don't think it is. I still – I agree with you. We take MARTA for granted. There are a lot of people who use MARTA to come down to these games and use that as, as access, and, and that's their way to get to these games. You take that yeah. completely off the table for so many people. And, Mike, if you're telling me that your fan base or at least the people that are going to support this team, if – it was to ever happen. Only live in Roswell and Alpharetta and coming. That ain't true because now you're missing out on the other five million folks that live in the city. Well, that's just it. I mean, again, the Alpharetta population right now is supposed to be sixty-six thousand people. So again, you'll need a tenth of that to commit to season ten. I mean, yes, there's more people. I get it. If it once, if a, if you're a hockey fan and there's a potential stadium in your backyard, yes, I get it. You're excited. So you're gonna drive from Peachtree City, correct, to there. 
in a week where they've got three hockey games. No, you're it, telling me you're yeah, doing yeah. that? No, you, look, no way. You, look, and you think they're going to build this thing for free? Uh, I don't know if they, like, I don't know if personal seat licenses are, are going to be the next. I asked a couple of people. I know there was a the car dealership group that was linked to it. One of the uh, billion. Now again, if he is a billionaire, then okay. But you need to have somebody with deep pockets to go pay that expansion fee we're talking about. So, yes, we're excited there's a potential arena. And I get it. If you live up the 400 corridor north of Sandy Springs, it seems like a perfect fit. Keep going. <laughs> but for the rest of us, I may get – and I love hockey. And I've always swore if hockey comes back, I'll be right back there with season tickets. Be like if I go to one game a month. So, but again, I understand. And, and, it's- and, and here's another part of this. It's Dukes and Bill. We're talking about this because Mike and I again. And, and Zach Klein tweeted out that the $390 million of foresight the county commissioners have earmarked if they get a team. If. If. A lot of gray area. Uh, you know why it works in Nashville? The arena is centrally located. It's on Broadway. It's right in the heart of the action. You, you know why it works there? People talk about how does Nashville support hockey? It's right there where everything is going on. It, it, and I think that is another part. We're about to get uh, Centennial Yards. We hadn't even talked about this, but if you've been downtown and you guys see all that construction, right, ultimately you're going to be able to walk from State Farm Arena right across the street, and there's going to be bars and action and all kind of stuff going on. And it's going to increase the activity of what goes on downtown. Trust me. So you go from that, Mike, and you say, all right, it may not be the perfect location, but if everything is already there, doesn't it make right. sense for something to be there and have and, and most of folks, most of the folks here in Atlanta have access to it? I just again, if it's in Peachtree City, I'd be saying the same thing Mike right. is saying because I don't live down there. Look, uh, you need a location. We talk about North Point Mall, that footprint where North Point is, which is a little bit closer. Still, it's not ideal for a lot of folks. But the the battery, and we talked about this. You know, at the time, Carl and I are on the air. Man, it's going to be a train wreck. Two eighty five, seventy five. Oh, and what's that traffic? I've never had a problem. I've made first pitch from being here at the studio in Midtown at 7 o'clock. Never have a problem. It's been so easy getting in and out where, you know, wherever you park. And obviously, it's, it's such a moneymaker you now that other franchises and all sports and colleges are trying to emulate the battery business model that the Braves put together. You just wish you could find something, something between 75 and 85 off of 285 that would be similar. So I get it. Folks that have it in their backyard potentially sounds great. I just think two stumbling blocks. you got to find a guy who's going to buy this team. Okay, and then some or bring folks, it in. Yeah, yeah. Bring or or if, if now Phoenix, some people feel that Phoenix eventually they'll move that to Salt Lake City, and that might be illogical. Keep them in the West. A lot of moving parts. We're not anti hockey. We're just being realists here. There's a lot of things people just are willing this Carly. It's going to happen. We all want it to happen. There's guys for my money. Say it to anybody, and I'll, I'll argue this to the day I die. There is nothing better than NHL live and in person. It's the greatest live sport in the world. But, you know, it's, it's not everybody's taste. And I would love to have something which also includes everybody in the city to truly grow the sport. But I don't think that's in the offing if it's going to be in Forsyth County. Yeah, and, again, this has nothing to do with what happened, the past, why it didn't work here before. This is about the future and us moving forward and how does this happen and where does it ultimately end up. That's what this is about. I'll be honest with you. I don't give a damn what happened. There's nothing you can do about 10 years ago. I get it. We all know the story, bad ownership, management. What are we going to do to move forward and maybe get a new team, and where is it going to go? That's what this discussion is. Right. So we'll see. And, again, Carl's point, for guys who are new to Atlanta or you moved here for the last couple of years, Tom Cousins had the Atlanta Flames. Real estate market crashed in the late 70s, and he had to liquidate. He sold the team to Calgary. Atlanta Spirit Group was one of the greatest frauds ever perpetrated on the city. They were owners of the Hawks, they, and they didn't know anything. We know a blue line from a clothesline, and that was just gross mismanagement. They basically, we lost that team to a city slightly larger than Macon. So that's where we go now. Hopefully we get a team. Real quick, yesterday we were talking about a, uh, a bill, which apparently Carl's made it through committee and has a, has 
has a chance okay. for legalized sports gambling. The last hour of the show, we talked about it. Boy, oh boy, I put the uh, information out there. Uh, Mike Bell, ATL, vote yes on uh, Senate Bill 386. Talking to a, friend, a couple of my friends who are lobbyists. I've got a few of those friends. They say, Carl, that uh, the, the worst case scenario is that the House would kill this thing. That they, they have the votes in the Senate, they believe, that Governor Kemp, they think, would sign off on it. But oh. they feel that the problem is... It's the it would be the state uh, representatives that might uh, not have the juice. Okay. Or we don't have the juice with those guys in All that right. body. All right, so make it happen. What what's, what what percentage are we talking about? Do you think he thinks it's a fifty fifty? Okay. All so right. one of my buddies, Alan, if, he, if Alan's listening, I did, by the way, and you guys, it was funny, Carl and I were laughing at the end of the show yesterday. I had guys coming up to me on Twitter going, well, how do I find my local rep? Well, you voted for him, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, you just go, you, I would Google state Senate, and then you could say where you live, and then they tell you who your representative is, and you probably forgot you voted for. And then you email them, or they have a, a link where you can just simply send something to them, which I did to both of my elected officials in my part of, my part of Coweta County. I advise you guys, if you want gambling, to do the same. And if you don't like gambling, you're dead to me. I'm with you. I, I, listen, I, I just think it makes sense for our state to, we talked about this yesterday, to, to, to be in this so I don't have to go to Louisiana or North Carolina or Florida or Tennessee. I could be home. Right. And ultimately, I, I think, you know, we're behind the eight ball on this. But we'll see where it goes. So 50-50. Right. I'll take those odds because I got to tell you, three years ago, it wasn't even that. Right. So we'll see where that one goes. Uh, fingers crossed. And again, guys, money for the Hope Scholarship. And I know some, we're not debating where the money's gone in the past or issues or whatever. I just think it's not. It's, it's a good idea if we're losing millions outside, as Carl said, to other states. Real quick, we got time. i got 30 seconds. A naked Florida woman, Carl, with a long rap sheet, <laughs> allegedly threatened to kill a convenience store worker at a racetrack in St. Petersburg on Sunday night. Uh, she downed about six shots of liquor at the bar down the street. Wow. And then somehow, I guess, went in the kitchen and she grabbed a sharp-edged potato peeler. A sharp edge. Well, she was. Potato oh, it's peeler? a potato peeler. She. I guess she was going to poke you with it. I was going to say, what are you going to skin him? <laughs> I'm going to skin you alive. Well, at least your wrists will be smooth and kissable. Uh, she complained about having previously trespassed, uh, been banned from uh, trespassing. She apparently was threatening to kill the guy behind the counter with the potato peeler. And then when the police showed up, she kind of put on what was described as. Well, uh, a rather X-rated display, which I can't tell because there's kids in the car. I can't give you all the details. She started taking stuff off? Took her clothes off and started amusing herself. Oh, oh. Yeah, so all that at the racetrack at 3 o'clock in St. Petersburg on a Sunday. That's Florida. <laughs> and there's your Florida woman story, <laughs> and that's Guy Talk. Good stuff, man. We'll take uh, your thoughts as well. Tweet at us, man. Let us know what you guys think. Kevin's like, this soccer thing or this uh, hockey thing's not happening. Kevin, it might. All we're telling you is what we know right now. All right? That's all we can do. Hey, coming up, would you give him $36 million over three years with $20 million guaranteed to take us to the next level? Find out who we're talking about next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 